Ministry, all the souls that have been saved over the over the last 20 years, amen, and to celebrate the best is yet to come, and it's so great to have uh, Dr. Jessica Duplantis with us tonight, and man, we're going to have a word in season. Are, are you ready to receive, amen? Are you ready to receive? Lift your hands to heaven. Father, we just thank you for your goodness in this place tonight. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Well, we celebrate. We celebrate those that have been brought into the kingdom. And we celebrate the greater things that are yet to come. We give you room in this place. We thank you for manifesting your glory, your goodness, and your power in every way, Father. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give praise. Can I ask you a question tonight? How many people have the victory? You have the victory? Hallelujah. Here we go. Rejoice, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph and praise to the Savior. All glory to him who reigns forever he will. Exceedingly above all you can ask or think. Your praise will silence the enemy. Prepare for the victory. We're born of God victorious. We overcame the world. He's given us everything in truth.
on, shout one more time. Hey! Say glory to God! Say Jesus! (laughs) You know, we've always been told, get under the spout where the glory comes out. Well, this is it. If you aren't getting the glory right now, something's wrong with you. Just step over a little bit. Amen. It's here. Say the glory is here. Say it out of your mouth. Say the glory is here.
overtaking, overtaking, overtaking. Can you picture it right now? Can you picture it right now? Oh, his goodness looks good on me and you. His goodness looks good on me and you. His goodness looks good on me and you. Oh, yes, it does. Come on, picture it. says in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that all these blessings will come on thee and overtake thee. And one of the one of the meanings in the word uh, for overtake in the Hebrew is surprise. All these blessings will come on you and surprise you, praise God. I wake up every morning expecting surprises from God. And he doesn't disappoint me. Amen. In fact, they run after me. Come on me. Overtake me. I like to say, everywhere I go, and I travel all over the world, I've preached in 40-some-odd nations. And every time I get off the airplane and put my feet on foreign soil, I say, blessings? If you're looking for me, I'm in Italy today. Come on me and overtake me. Blessings? If you're looking for me, I'm in the Ukraine. Come on me and overtake me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody say with me, blessings, I'm in Crowley, 
Texas today. Come on me and overtake me. And I welcome surprises. And give the Lord a shout in advance. Amen. excitement in the air in here tonight. Glory to God. And we are so glad that all of you came, and particularly all of the Chariots of Light members. If you're a member of the Chariots of Light, stand to your feet. And everybody else, give them a good hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. All right, you can be seated. Bill, how many members did you say we have currently now worldwide? Over a thousand members. Obviously, they're not all here tonight, but over a thousand members in several different nations. And uh, man, what a what a great blessing it has been to a lot of people, including me. Hallelujah! I am living my dream. Hallelujah! I love it. You know, I've told the story how when Carol now first married, and uh, she got on the back of the bike just shortly after we were married tapped me on the shoulder and said, take me home. I hate this. I'm going to pray this out of your life. Well, I wouldn't serve the Lord then, but I did pray that day, Lord, don't pay any attention to her. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, she, she didn't like riding motorcycles. And, and, um, and so eventually after I surrendered my life to the Lord, I gave all that up. The hot rods, the race cars, the, the, everything that, that had been my passion, I gave it all up. And Lord, the Lord never told me that I had to do that. I just wanted to show him he's now number one in my life. And years later, he started giving it back to me and said, now take what once was your passion and turn it into a tool for evangelism. And that's how Chariots of Light was birthed. That's what it's all about, praise God. And man, since its conception... And since we have been keeping a record, now the first several years we didn't record uh, all the salvations, but since we've been keeping a record, uh, there's over a quarter of a million people come to Christ through chariots of light, praise God. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Praise God. And I get to do this all over the world, hallelujah. I have ridden in some of the most unusual places. And I can't wipe the smile off my face as I do it. Hallelujah. Amen. How you like this evil Knievel? Uh, this is, a, this is a, a very special scout that I got blessed with not too long ago. And uh, Sunday after we finish the service, I will be jumping over the building <laughs> on this scout. Hallelujah. In your dreams. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And then this one I uh, got blessed with. In fact, last year at this rally, someone came up to me before it was over with and said, Brother Jerry, if you find another Indian that you like, let me know. I want to buy it for you. And so I waited and I looked at a lot of different Indians. You know, I, I like Indians. And uh, so we went to uh, the Charlotte area and the pastor wanted to take me to lunch in Charlotte. And we passed by an Indian dealership, and he said, uh, would you like to go to the Indian dealership on the way back? I said, yes. And so we stopped there, and this was in the showroom. 
and uh, they call it the icon. And uh, I said, uh, where is that guy that told me when I find one I like? <laughs> Amen. I happened to have his number on me then, and I called him. I said, I found it. He said, buy it and send me the, the receipt, and I'll send you the money to reimburse you for it. Praise God. So that's a blessing that, well, that's the goodness of the Lord that chased me down. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. He is so good. Praise God. Well, are you ready for a little more excitement tonight? Come on up, Terry. We are so glad you're here, my brother. Praise God. And uh, before you leave, I want you to uh, help Jesse out. All right. He, he, he needs some soul. <laughs> and uh, if it works on him, I want you to help me too. Praise right. God. <laughs> I want everybody to welcome Terry Minor. We're appreciative of him being here this week. All right. One test, test, test is on. How's everybody doing? Y'all ready to have some more excitement tonight? Come on, get up, get up, get on your feet. Let's get ready to celebrate Jesus, amen? You know, it, it, it feels good to be in a place full of family members, you know? Get, come on, give God the praise for that. We family. We family. Amen? You know, we've been having a blessed time, and it's only going to get better. I said, it's only going to get better. Are you expecting great things? Say, I'm expecting great things. And when they were singing that song about your goodness running after me, all I could hear was your glory is running after me. Your glory, glory, glory. I just heard that in my spirit. I just heard glory. So, you know, I'm going to open up with a song called Glory. Amen. Say glory. You know, in uh, Mr. Favor's book, Show me your glory. You know, the three prerequisites for experiencing God's glory is first you got to hunger for it. You got to pray for it. Then you got to what? Believe for it. And then after you believe for it, what are you going to do? You're going to see it. Amen. I said you're going to see it. Say, I'm going to see it. Say, I hunger for it. I pray for it. And I believe for it. So when I say show me your glory, I want you to shout glory. Amen. And put your fist up. Yeah, when you do it. I like that. Throw that fist up. Show me your glory. glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Now, we're going to say that. And after you say glory twice, I want you to shout it four times. All right? We're going to get a workout tonight. Are y'all ready? Some of us need a workout. I know. My wife work out all the time, and I'll be watching her. It looks nice and fine, but I'd rather do something else right now. <laughs> Amen. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Glory, 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 glory. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Y'all got it. Come on. There we go. Come on, come on. We're sitting on hands up. Come on. Everybody, come on. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, come on. Let me hear you. Come on. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory, 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 glory. There you go. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory.
your glory. Show me your glory. Glory, 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 glory. Show me your glory. Come on, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Come on. Bind it and loose Increase our faith and we use it. Guaranteed it's not a movement. He tell me to go, I'ma do it. Ready to roll like he's Humble yourself, let him use you. Come on, be open. Open yourself. It may not be what you used to. Tell haters stay in your lane. I got to play in my game. Matter of fact, let me say thank you. You stretch my love off, so I thank you. We going up another level. Remaining a stump on the devil. From glory to glory, sharing his story. Put the pedal to the battle. Come on. It's not for faith, we persist for his glory. He took the scriptures and read of his glory. We looking and praying. Praying and looking. When we said amen, that is where we took it. Show me your presence. Show me your power. Show me your goodness. We on the move. We get it by faith, and that's how we do it. He's not a respecter of persons. All us catch up on his path. Open up your mouth and release your face. Say, show me your glory. Just ask. If you can do it for me, he will do it for you. If you do it for you, he will do it for me. Just hunger for it. Pray for it. Believe for it. Receive. Come on. Come on. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Come on. Show me your glory. Come on. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Come on. Glory. Show me your 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 glory. Look, it's his presence, power, goodness. I'm excited and I'm praising because I know he's going to do this. I'm not moved by what I see or what I hear because I'm tuned in. So I'm looking to the word at my lips. His word is fluid. Can you feel it? There's a shift in the air. God calls it a wealth transfer. The what of the sinners laid up for the just over due season. Expect your much. Not a trickle, not a stream, not a river. But a flood, flood stage. Come hither. Then the word is seen on yourself for your bound with blessings. It may well the blessing in favor of God on my life arrives on time when I need help. I have a covenant. You have a covenant. And because of this covenant and our obedience, you will speak to a wing lacking nothing. All these blessings shall rain on we. Step from heaven. Step in his presence. You could say we glory stepping. It can be seen. The glory of God on his children. But by God redeemed from the curse of glory is where we live in. Come on, let me hear you. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. There we go. Show me your glory. 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 Yeah, let me hear you. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Say, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your goodness. Show me your presence. Show me your power. I receive it. I take it. I have it. It's mine right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Give God the praise. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. You know, man, we get to have access to his favor and the blessing. Favor, blessing, blessing, favor. Say that. Favor, blessing, blessing, favor. You know, the blessing of God on our lives is the empowerment to prosper. The favor of God on our lives produces opportunities to make it happen. Our steps are ordered of the Lord, and he causes us to be in the right places at the right time and sensitive to our surroundings so the blessing can produce in our life. Say, I will be at all times in the right place at the right time in Jesus' name. So we're going to sing it. Can y'all sing with me? I see we got some people rapping, but I want to have some singers join. So we're going to sing it like this. Living in the blessing. Oh, man, you, you, brother, you're going somewhere. You see that? He, you see that? He was going somewhere. Amen. Now, we're going to say it like this, and the second time we're going to hit that note. Living in the blessing. Blessing. Y'all ready? Living in a blessing. Watch this. Living in a blessing. Living in a blessing. I said three times. Come on. Blessing, 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 blessing. Come on. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. Amen. Give me some more music in the monitor, please. Praise God. Let's go. I see you, Ginger. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come on, Bill. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey. Hey. We in the blessing. This song got recorded in 2012, I believe. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Come on. I want to see you dance. Come on. Come on. Come on. Living in a blessing. Come on. Living in a blessing. Living in a blessing. Come on. Blessing. in Christ. He ain't with me. Listen, plain and simply, just believe. Through the sun makes you free. You are free indeed. Ain't no stressing in the blessing. If your faith is low, just ask God to stretch it. You gotta dig in the word. That's where it be at. And if you can't see it, say, God, help me see that. The blessing came down from above. We finished the earth and dominated in love. Throw away those man-made beliefs. Let the blessing supply all you need. Took away the curse for you. Humble yourself and watch the blessing work for you. Come on. When God came through, that was the blessing. When you got healed, that was the blessing. The blessing is the gospel. They charged up and we running full throttle. The blessing is the good news. God's word is alive and it's true. Say this. Say it. Ain't no stressing in the blessing. No stressing. Come on. Ain't no stressing in the blessing. Come on. Look at Jerry in. She got swag. Come on. Come on, Jerry. Hey, 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 come on. Living in a blessing. Let me hear you. Living in a blessing. Living in a blessing. Come on. Blessing, 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 Living in a blessing. Come on, come on. Living in a blessing. Living in a blessing. Come on. Blessing, blessing, blessing. 
the blessing was conferred on me. God's grace did a work on me. I'm the seed of Abraham. I serve the great I am. I keep godly peace around. Don't open my doors, I'm not a wet one. I let God do the work, cause I'm a sin one. Cause I believe I receive for the best, and if I try to work it out myself, it's just less. It's what God got for me, so I let him work. Open up my Bible, then I go to church. I'm getting fueled up and fed by the word. Cause I trust the word, and I know that it works. I'm holding fast, and truly I won't let it go. Because what's in my mouth, I'm guaranteed to see the blessing flow. Determined people don't quit, no give up. We not moved by the situations that come up. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we imitate in our actions, reflect him. Only move by what I believe, and I know it will be. I'm determined to see change in the victory. God is on my side, God is on my team, and I will not quit, cause God got me. God is on my side, God is on my team, and I will not quit, cause God got me. Come on. Living in a blessing. Let me hear you. Living in a blessing. Living in a blessing. Come on. Blessing, 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 blessing. Living in a blessing. Living in a blessing. Living in a blessing. Blessing, 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 okay. blessing. I'm way too blessed to be stressed. The empowerment to prosper, oh yes. I'm blessed in the city, blessed on the field. Blessed in the street, blessed on the hill. Pure path, gotta keep it godly. So when the time comes, the blessing know where to find it. Pure path, I gotta keep it godly. So when the time comes, the blessing knows where to find it. I'm in the blessing, in the blessing, in the blessing, man. I'm in the blessing, in the blessing, in the blessing, man. I'm in the blessing, in the blessing, in the blessing, man. Y'all want favor? Say it. Favor, favor, favor. I take that favor. Favor, favor. I take that favor. Favor, favor. I take that favor. Put your hands up. Come on. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain down. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain down. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain down. Let it rain. Hey, come on, walk, come on, walk, come on, walk. We walking in abundance. Come on, we walking in abundance. Come on, we walking in abundance. Yeah, we walking in abundance. Go, living in a blessing. Let me hear you. Living in a blessing. Living in a blessing. Come on, blessing, 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 blessing. Living in a blessing. Come on. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Come on. Come on. Living in a blessing. Come on. Blessing, 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 blessing. Woo! Come on. Give the Lord a shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. My, my, my. That's, that's awesome. Praise God. Man, you know, this church used to belong to the Baptist. Oh, I'm telling you. I don't know what they'd be thinking if they were here tonight. Some of you are thinking, we don't act like that in our church. That's exactly why we didn't have this service in your church. <laughs> hey. We act like this in our church, praise God. Come on, give the Lord another shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Terry. That's a blessing, man. Appreciate you. And I want to uh, say once again, 
Any of you pastors in here would like to have Terry come to your church? He's a preacher. He's a singer. He's a songwriter. And he will be a blessing to you. So find out how you can get a hold of him. Invite him to come. Amen. Praise God. All right, be seated if you will. John, you keep standing. Judy, keep standing. Big John Hall and his wife Judy are here with us tonight. And we are so glad that you guys are here. Love you both. Amen. This is the first time I've ever been to a motorcycle rally. Motorcycle rally. Yeah. Something else. Yeah. <laughs> Something well, let's else. see, man. It won't be long you'll be on your own, Harley, huh? <laughs> It'll get on you. Hallelujah. We're so glad you're here, John. We, we go back a long ways. In fact, uh, when I first moved to Fort Worth, started going to Grace Temple. That's where I met you, way back there. 1970, I think it was, 7071. Amen. Praise God. We were very young. We were very young. And we had a lot of hair. Hallelujah. In the right place, too. It grows in funny places now, you know, out your ears and out your nose, out your ears. Don't laugh. You'll get older one day. Amen. Praise God. We are so thrilled and so honored to have Brother Jesse DePlantis with us tonight. Amen. Jesse, Jesse has been coming every year for several years now, and, and he loves coming, and we love having him come, and he's always a great blessing, and I just, um, I just feel like, you know, my brother has come to see me, and uh, I, I just thank God. I leaned over to him few moments ago when we were singing about the goodness of the Lord, and I said, and one of the manifestations of the goodness of God is Him putting you in my life. Amen. And I really feel that way. He's put, put a wonderful man in my life. Amen. So, are you ready? You think we ought to turn Him loose? Loose Him and let Him go. Come on, Jesse. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big God bless you. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. You may be seated if you can. And if you can't, stand up. I don't care. Glory to God. What a blessing and honor it is to be here. I like this pulpit. My Lord Jesus. Praise God. God has been so good and gracious. We thank you, Jerry and Karen, once again for allowing us to come. We've been preaching just all over. We, uh, you know, to fly around the earth, the planet is 24,840 miles. We just finished the tour at 24,008 miles. Preaching the gospel. And I told Jesus, if you want to come, you should. (laughs) My God, praise the Lord. If you don't think we're busy, I mean, I got here tonight and tomorrow we're going to tag team preaching. Jerry, uh, you're going to Australia and I'm going to Philadelphia. I mean, all of a sudden, preachers in the sky. Remember that song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Y'all, y'all are too young. Y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. But God has been so good and gracious, and I can't thank you enough. Captain Rex is here. I got to tell you something. Uh, I know nothing about the church. I'm not a pastor here, but my wife pastors, and she invited Captain Rex to come. Now, uh, you know, Louisiana's a Catholic state, and, uh, and one of my uh, staff is Stephanie, 
And she has two grandchildren, one named Jackson, and the other one's Izzy, Izzy I think, yeah. And, he, and Jackson calls me Father Jesse. Because <laughs> he goes to a Catholic school, called me Father Jesse. Well, Captain Rex was preaching up a storm, he going good, he said, you know, everybody sinned and everything, even Pastor Kathy sins. And he turned around and said, that's Father Jesse's wife, she does not sin. <laughs> so I thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> He's about this big, you know. <laughs> I thought, Father Jesse, I looked at him and said, yes, my son, I just bless him. You know? <laughs> what a blessing of the Lord. And in one of our nurses one time, we had a kid, he was so, I got to tell you, he was so anointed. And my little niece, my great niece, she came in and she was feeling bad, you know. And she's only about maybe three and a half, four years old. And his name is, I think his name was Charlie. Charlie, he said, you know what the word of God says about healing, having all that sniffling going on? Let me put my hands on your name. <laughs> and he prayed for Jordan, and Jordan got healed. So I looked at him, I said, Charlie, you believe God? He said, I don't want to hear crying and sniffling all during the day. Let's put the word of God on him. I said, you need to travel with me, son. <laughs> he was four. We're teaching them kids, man. I mean, just teaching those kids. Give Jesus one more hand clap. What a blessing. Woo. I tell you, I just enjoy the presence of the Lord. I really enjoyed you, brother. It's great. You know, I like, you know, some of you white people can't move, y'all. <laughs> Maybe you need to get a hold of 23 and me. Maybe you find some black in you, and then you, Lord. <laughs> get to moving a little bit. Praise the Lord. God is so good and gracious. Where, my man? I brought some uh, uh, new materials. I saw you last. I've heard it all. This is our newest book. We are in, we are in major printings. This thing is flying off the shelf like crazy. Call. How many of you get my partner letter or you get my magazine? Thank you. And, and I've been preaching and doing a theme called You Everything Is Is Anything. And I use St. John chapter 14, verses 13, 14, where he says, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when you ask God, God gets glorified and Jesus gets magnified. Then Jesus takes it to super extreme. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, the church don't believe that. They said, well, if it be his will. No, he didn't say that. They said that. This is what Jesus said. Maybe we're going to believe what Jesus said. See, see, and people say, why do you believe the Bible? I'm a textualist. Whatever the text says, that's what I do. You see, and so this book, I've been preaching pieces of it here and, 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 and it came out. I'm telling you, people are going crazy over this thing. It's back there. I hope you can get it. Your everything is, is anything, which means this. You know, the church said, well, that's greed. No, that's growth. See, when you ask, how many of you want a new house? A new motorcycle? Do you know when you ask God that, you know what God said? You know what the angels say? Father, you're being glorified. Because what does whatsoever mean to you people? Whatsoever, right? Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Then he takes it to the, I mean, to the, to the, the high power if you ask anything. So anything and whatsoever. What does that mean to you? Anything and whatsoever. This is in red. Red. That's Jesus talking. And I'm just going to believe what Jesus says. I hope you can get this. That's back there if you'd like to get it. What else you got? You got a new one? Oh. Oh, no, this ain't new. This is my first book. This is the first book I ever wrote. Uh, Jesus, 41 years ago, something like that. Whew, long ago, 31 years. I don't remember. I've been preaching full-time 41 years. I've been, in, I've been preaching 43 years, been in full-time ministry. The ministry of children. And I have my little young on the back here. You know what I used to do? I have my own plane now, but when I used to fly, I would take these and put them in the, um, on the plane. In the, I'd bring maybe five or ten of them in there looking. And I never forget, I was in a 10, uh, I was in 11B, and this man was in 11A. 
So and I was in the aisle, he was in the, um, you know, by the window. So anyway, I'm sitting there, and so, you know, flight took off and everything. <laughs> it's so funny. And all of a sudden, he reached in there, you know, he reads something, he sees this book. And he pulls it out, his ministry of cheerfulness. He looks at that. <laughs> he don't know who I am, I don't know who he is. And he turns around, there's a picture of me. He goes. <laughs> he said, sir. I said, he said, that guy looks just like you. <laughs> I said, let me see. I said, well, they say you have a double somewhere in life. I said, maybe you ought to read it. You might uh, enjoy it. It's called the Ministry of Cheerfulness. This thing is, Jesus, I don't know how much. Oh, God. I would be wrong. I don't know. It's probably four or 500,000 of these that went out. That's back there if you'd like to get that. What is this here? You got, oh, then the gospel becomes your gospel. I'm going to preach this tonight. I had, boy, I said, Lord, y'all just got this. This is the first church that gets this. And the Lord told me, I said, I want to do something different. He said, preach this. When the gospel becomes your gospel, it's a brand new DVD. If you really want, how many of you want to be successful in life? You got to get personal. Everything must become personal. And when you understand that, you'll have a hard time sinning. You'll forget to. Because your relationship with God will become so personal, you'll get up every morning and say, hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. What will you have me to do today? This is brand new. And in fact, I'm going to preach a couple of pieces of it. That's back there. So avail yourself to the book and resource table if you so desire. Stand to your feet one more time. Stretch a little bit. If you've got to rub something, rub it quick. <laughs> Hallelujah. I kind of like that. Okay, you can be seated. I want this to make sure. I've got the blood flowing here. Glory to God. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 2. That's right before 2 Thessalonians. For you people that don't read the Bible. What I love about the Apostle Paul, he became very personal with his gospel. Now, this verse that I'm reading is not in, the, in that uh, DVD. I just started adding this. It began to come in my mind. And Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica, and I want you to listen to me. The reason why God told me to do this is because Chariots of Light is a personal ministry. It's a one-on-one thing. Now, you know, we have the motorcycles, and those are wonderful. But that's the tool that God pulls Gets people to come, and people enjoy riding motorcycles. But, but then all of a sudden, you have to become way more personal than the Indian scout. You see what I'm saying? So that people not only remember the bike, but they remember you. Think about that. Because the only Jesus some people may ever see is the Jesus in you or the Jesus in me. Remember that. Paul writing to the church of Th- Thessalonica in his first Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. I like the old King James Version. It says this, so being effectually desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls. I came here to teach you the word of God, but I, I came for you to know who I am. You'll understand my mind, my will, my emotion, because you were dear unto us. Think about that. I mean, th- he said, I came here not only to give you the gospel, because a lot of people want to preach a homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical, theological service, and they want to debate the issue. Paul said, I can do all that. He said, I didn't come with excellency of speech, but demonstration of power. But he came so that you might know him and why he did what he did. Now, go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 16. Back up a little bit to the book of Romans, Acts Romans, chapter 16. And there's one little word there that really touched my heart, and that's when I began to write this sermon about this here. Uh, 
I want to start reading with Romans chapter 16, verse 21. Timothy, my workfellow, and Lucius, and Jason, and Sopatahar, and my kinsmen salute you. Now watch this. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in, his, in the Lord. Now why did, why did Paul would just speak and have someone else write the epistle? This man was the greatest intellectual mind drawn to the realm of Christianity. This man was brilliant. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Why didn't he write his own epistles? You ever wondered that? You know, he would just dictate them and they would write them. Why? Because they broke his hands. See, they beat that man. Beat him to beyond. He was beat five times at rod. And they knew he would write, so they broke his hands. Back in the Nazi days in concentration camp, there were uh, Jews that were painting paintings. And some of them got out, you know, that made it to the world after, uh, you know, the, the allies, uh, you know, helped the concentration, delivered the people. When they found out that these uh, Jews were painting, they broke their hands, broke their fingers, you can see, so they couldn't hold a brush. See, this is the same thing. He was beat, I mean, almost unrecognizable at times. So he would have someone come and he would just dictate and they would write it. I want you to understand that. Verse 23, Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church saluted you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluted you. And Quartus, a brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now, verse 25 is where I want to get to. Now unto him that is of power to establish you, notice this, according to my gospel. Notice he didn't say according to the gospel of the Lord. Even though it was the Lord's gospel. But he got so personal with Jesus, he began to call Jesus words his gospel, his good news. According to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. That's a comma there. But now is made manifest by the scriptures of this prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of the faith. That's a semicolon. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. In other words, when you read the Bible, also look at the punctuation so you can get down to the end of the sentence. You follow what I'm saying? But I want to go back to verse 25. According to my gospel. I want to talk to you. I want you to take some notes. I'm going to do a little teaching here. Might be a little Jerry Seville. How's that? Praise the Lord. When the gospel becomes your gospel. Let's find out how personal you are with your gospel. And you've been calling to the chariots of light. That is a phenomenal thing. To have a quarter of a million people born again since its inception is a miracle of God. A lot of people have been saved 50, 60 years. They ain't never seen those types of numbers. Why? Because this is a personal thing. So I want you to write this down. When the gospel becomes your gospel, and I want you to save some room, the gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes one, a personal experience. Write that down, but leave some room. I want to do some preaching with that. The gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal experience. Number two, the gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal conviction. Notice it. Number one, a personal experience, the gospel. And number two, a personal conviction. So let me say it again. The gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal experience. The gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal conviction. So leave some room so we can do some preaching there. And then number three, the gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal responsibility. The gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal responsibility. People are asking me all the time, when are you going to retire? Do I look sad? Do I look, do I look tired? Uh, you know, am I beat up too much? I don't know. You know. I mean, I'm 70 years old and I, I'm getting older, but I don't care. It doesn't make a difference. I'm, I mean, look at my skin. It's loose. It's very loose. 
it doesn't matter. I'm starting to look like President Reagan. When the wind comes, my chin slaps Kathy as she walks by. <laughs> you know, but I still got my hair. Praise the Lord. So thank God for that. So the gospel becomes your gospel when number one, a personal experience. Number two, a personal conviction. And number three, a personal responsibility. See, you weren't just called here to have fun, even though you can have fun. You were called here because God wanted his gospel to become personal to you. So write this down if you're taking notes. The gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal experience. Your experience must say it's a character of liberty. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. So you should have a character of liberty, a covenant of grace, and a promissory note of blessing. See, when the gospel becomes your gospel, you got to have a promissory note of blessing. That's why you're known as the favor God. It's a promise that's become a promissory note of blessing. A covenant of grace, no matter what anybody says, you say by grace. And then a character of liberty. And what I mean by character, see, if you're not, if you're not, if you don't have character, you become a character. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now I'm going to say something going to shock a lot of people. Because this gospel is my gospel, and because it's a personal experience, I have a hard time sinning. I have to make myself. I have to get in the flesh to do it. But if I crucify my flesh daily instead of Sunday, then I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh in any way, shape, or form. Why? Because when I got saved, I was finished with the world. The world has no temptation for me. You understand what I mean? I mean, I see a pretty lady. She's pretty, but that's it. You understand what I mean? You have to care or, you know, whatever. It doesn't make any difference because, see, God's word became so personal. I get up every morning. Hello, Jesus. Hey, Jesse. I'm starting to preach here. I got to close myself. I'm trying to be Jerry Savelle. Well, you know, the word, no, but anyway, face God. So your experience must say it's a personal character. In 41 years of full-time preaching, 43 years of preaching, I've never had a scandal. Why is that? Because I'm better than you or no. I have more faith than you or no, but I might have a little more obedience. And the Bible said it's better to obey. Than to sacrifice. Boy, do we know how to sacrifice? Son, we in the suffering business. The church was, just beat me, Jesus. Just beat me. No, I don't want to beat you. My God, man, I just want you to be blessed. You see, oh, no, no, no. You got to understand. You see, Christ loves you. He trusts you more than the church does. He's not as hard on you as the church is. Think about that. You know, God came to a, to a place where I was that the church wouldn't come. Steve Munns, the church wouldn't come where I was before I was born again. Oh, Lord, Jesus. I mean, you talk about a sinner. Even the devil learned things from me. I taught him some stuff. I mean, I was a heathen from hell. And he ain't no church people coming down there, but Jesus did. Why did Jesus do that? Because his father's gospel became personal to him. He said, I came that you might know what? The father. He said, I only say what my father says. And I only do what my father uh, says to do. So when you understand that, that character, and I, I don't sin every day. I heard that, you know, you got to sin every day. That's a lie. That's a, that's a religious lie. We've all sinned, but we're not all sinners. Oh, you're hearing what I'm saying. When you understand that, see that covenant, that character of liberty takes over you. No, I'm not doing that. I mean, that, that, that promissory note of blessing. No, I'm not, I'm not going to accept that. Now, in 41 years of full-time ministry, Doug, you've heard me say that you're church. I have never had a financial deficit. In my whole ministry. That's unheard of. Not because I got more faith. Let me tell you, people, I mean, I got the biggest, you want me to name I can name them. Jakes, Womack, you, I, I preach for all of them. You know what I'm saying? They say, Jesse, how did you do that? But they have a hard time understanding what I'm saying. I said, what? They see they're looking for something complicated. I said, because I didn't believe for it. And they go, what? 
No, I, I didn't believe it. Boy, you better get ready because the devil going to beat you and bust you and stomp you and kick you. But if you endure to the end. Well, you know, I, I was just a Catholic boy who knew nothing. So I decided to read the Bible because I was heard, don't read the Bible, you'll go crazy. That's what the priest said. Anybody have been raised Catholic if you're around my, am I telling the truth? Don't, don't read that Bible, baby. Oh, Lord. And the first time I ever saw a Pentecostal, I saw a woman, whoop, 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 whoop. I said, she's been reading that Bible. You better check that Bible away. And I, I thought that big bun, I thought that was a radio antenna. Man, good man, they were just, you know, good. Oh. Now, I, 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 we weren't used to that. You know what I was used to? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us, send us now and at the hour of our death. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in only on you two prayers. Why? So I could get out of confession with three of them. You Protestants have no idea what I'm talking about. See, because you're down at the altar screaming like a crazy person. Jesus! Jesus! Oh, Jesus! He's going, what? What? What is the problem here? I was invited to a Pentecostal church. I'll never forget my friend of mine. That's some ugly people, boy. I looked around and I told my friend, there ain't going to be no lust in here. I promise you. Ain't nobody messing with no woman in here. <laughs> so now the reason why, you have a hard time believing it. But Doug, I just didn't believe for it. I learned it from Jesus. Do you know, did you ever see where Jesus had a financial deficit? Hmm? The Bible said, be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. I just decided to imitate him. Who do you think you are? What he says? Well, I don't believe it. I don't care. It doesn't make no difference whether you believe it or not. I had a man told me this other day, I don't believe in hell. I said, that don't change it. You're still going. <laughs> oh, he didn't like that. I said, you're going to hell, boy. People attacked us for prosperity. They said, that prosperity. I said, of the devil. I said, you can't go to heaven. What do you mean I can't go to heaven? And if I name him, you know it. You mean, I said, you can't go to heaven. Because what you going to do when you get on gold streets? What you gonna tell God? Hey God, how come you got pearly gates? All them people starving to death in, on the earth. Couldn't you? You could have used that money to feed those people. Don't shout me down, huh? See, you, you ain't gonna want to go. You ain't gonna like. You, you ain't gonna like that. And you can say, Jesus, this ain't right. He gonna say, Go to hell. <laughs> now, in Louisiana, that's not cussing. That's a location. He said, you can't stay here. You got to go to hell. Let that sink for a minute. One man told me this other day about that plane. You know, you that plane you got could have used that money to feed the poor. I said, sir, when I bought that plane, I fed the people that made the leather seats. I fed the people that put the aluminum on the plane. I fed the people that put the electrical things inside the plane. I fed the people that put the avionics. I fed the people that put the tires on the plane. I fed the people that made the engines. I fed a lot of people, plus I feed the poor. What have you done? Makes sense, doesn't it? So what are you going to do when you get to heaven? And see all that? Oh, no, Jesus. We have something in Louisiana called my wife's eyebrow. I believe I can say this because you'll forgive me. It ain't cussing, but it's close. No, it's not. Kathy, if you get mad, she has one eyebrow that goes up. 
And I think, oh, what's up? Just a little bit, you're okay. And you'll see her, she'll go, no, 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 no. And if it goes about halfway, no, no, no. And if it hits her hairline, oh, hell no. You ain't cool, no. <laughs> I just back up. Oh, that's the pastor of the church. She does sin. <laughs> you're right, Captain. You're right. You say, oh, she get hot, man. I just back away. Why? I want to live. <laughs> the gospel is for all. Anywhere and everywhere. It must be personally appropriated. See, that's what happened, Bill, when you start talking to people about chariots of light and about Jesus Christ. You personally appropriate this gospel. It becomes personal to you. So the gospel is for all, anywhere and everywhere. It must be personally appropriated. I have more Muslims calling my office. They love me for some crazy reason or another. And they, say, and they, they can't get over how I talk to God. They notice that. Oh, they talk to God like you talk to God. That's how they talk. I want to talk to God like you talk to God. How come I can't talk to God like you talk to God? I said, you're talking to the wrong God. <laughs> if, you go on our, uh, uh, if you go on our website, you hear people say, Oh, Brother Jesse, would you pray to Allah to bless me? You, you go read it. You will see it. It's, 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 it's on. You know what they call those? Whatever, whatever, make a, whatever they do. You, yeah, a comment or something like that. I just let my light shine. It's very easy to get saved because they're very religious. See? And Jesus didn't want to say, because they think of Jesus as a prophet. But when you personally appropriate the gospel and make him the son of God, and you talk like this, Jesus said, Jesus told me, well, who told you? See, that's a personal experience. Jesus told me. See, when Jesus says, come, you come. When he says, ask, you ask. Those actions make it your gospel. It's a message from a father to his children. See, so when he tells me to come, come. When he told me to go in the world and preach the gospel to every creature, I said, okay. People say, you know how much money it's going to cost? No. I'm not concerned about that. I didn't, he didn't ask me to pay for it. He asked me to believe for it. And, and there's nothing wrong with charging people expenses. I believe in that. Don't say, I don't. Why? I just decided to go to a higher level. I have never charged anybody expenses. I just don't do that. Why? I don't know. It's not, it's not wrong. It's not wrong with paying people's expenses. And you should. That's not the issue, but I just prefer not to. And they just told me this the other day about my tour. They said, now, nah, Jesse, you just can't know where you're going to make budget. You're flying all over the world. How many, how many hours we flew, Ken? Lord, dude, we're 47 hours. And on a jet flying 500-something miles an hour. I mean, we are rolling. We did it how many days, Ken? 12 days. We were hit the ground preaching, running. And, man, it cost a lot of money to fly. A lot. I didn't say nothing. I knew what it would cost me because I'm a businessman. But I'm telling you what, man, when we got all the offerings in, and I left it in Australia, we were $150,000, $170,000 over the budget. And you know how many people told me, now? Nah, I'll tell you what, and I did, this ain't America. <laughs> I knew it wasn't America. When you see Vegemite, you know that's not America. <laughs> oh, Lord, don't eat that trash. They love it. Oh, God. Vegemite. Anybody from Australia? You probably brought that stuff. Good God. But you know what? Now, why? Because I got more faith or I can receive a better offer than someone else? No. Why? Watch this. I didn't believe that. How can you do that? Personal gospel. See? Personal experience. So when he tells me to come, I come. When he tells me to go, I go. When he tells me to ask, I ask. 
But he says, I'm going to do this do, the other day. He told me to pay off somebody's, another person's house. I said, okay. I, I, don't, I don't question that. I said, fine. I don't care. I don't mean that pridefully. Because I can, I, I, I mean, you're just being prideful. Well, I can have, I can show off more of that money in my pocket than in someone else's. Come on, let the elevator go to the top. But see, when Paul said, this is my personal gospel. See, you got to understand something about Paul. He wanted to get personal with Jesus on the Damascus Road. After he gets knocked off, you tell somebody, Jesus, you don't play games with him. He slapped the boy off the donkey. He bit the dust. Another one buys the dust. <laughs> Watch this. And he said, what? you know what he said? As a, as a dog sinner, Saul of Tarsus, a bloody, bloodthirsty persecutor. Lord, what will thou have me to do? Because he was taught to work for the church, the Jewish church. What, what, what do you have me to do? Now think about Ananias. And I said, go lay your hand. I said, oh, God, this guy's going to kill us. Do what I tell you, Ananias. Man, because without Ananias doing that, Paul wouldn't have had a ministry. There's always someone else in your life you never realize. You know, people used to say, if me and Jerry Savelle would ever meet, we would be lifelong friends. Remember that? I mean, I, this is back in the early 70s and 80s, man. We, I, I, we started preaching and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I, and then I met Jerry, and he met me. And, and never thinking that he would look like me, but they honestly think I'm his brother and he's my brother. People call me Jerry Savelle all the time, especially in Hawaii. They go, Brother Savelle. I said, yes. I, I don't correct them anymore. I mean, they're talking to my face right there in the Hilton Hawaiian Village. They'll say, you know, Brother Jerry, you laid hands on me. I said, did he do good? She said, oh, it did wonderful. I said, well, let's do it again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I ain't going to tell them any difference anymore. Why? pretty nice to be called Jerry Seville. You, you see what I'm saying? Well, what do we do? We, we, and one time me and Jerry, not too long ago, we hit Hawaii, just us. We tore that town up there in Honolulu. You ought to see me and Jerry. We were running, man. My brother Cope said, y'all want to eat with us? No, no, no. See you later, man. <laughs> me and Jerry, we, we had out. We hit Honolulu. I'm telling you, we had, the, we had the most wonderful time. We were running, laughing down at Waikiki and Kalakawa Avenue and all that. We were just enjoying ourselves. We like kids. Nothing wrong with that. Why? Because we've had personal experiences together. See, you see what I'm saying? So I received from him, he receives from me. We used to do catch the spirit, so we'd catch him. Come on, Jerry. Okay, you know. We would preach and start preaching on the, <laughs> Psalm 23. He'd make me to lie down. We in San Diego. We ain't even practiced this. He'd make me to lie down. Both of us hit the ground with the microphones in our air. I mean, laying on the ground, wow, just a preacher. People just going, what happened? Did they fall out? What happened? Remember that day? We were preaching up a storm, just jumping back up, enjoying ourselves. Well, how can you do that? Personal experience. His gospel is my gospel. My gospel is his gospel. Both our gospels is Jesus' gospel. So when you understand that the gospel is for all, anywhere and everywhere, it must be personally appropriated. I got invited to um, uh, Columbia uh, what's that? You know, we're all in drug, cocaine and all that stuff down there. Uh, what's the name of that town? Bogota. And you know what they told me? Oh, sir, you are the perfect kidnapping victim. That's the first words people told me in Bogota. I said, why do you say, it? well, you got white hair, so you look prosperous. You have a jet, so now you are prosperous. I had 72 policemen around me. They said, you are a perfect Example for kidnapping, because they kidnap a lot of people. I said, well, I didn't come here to get kidnapped. I came to preach the gospel. 
So I had people standing in my hotel room on the balcony while I slept at night. And five of them in the front part of the front door. I mean, Lord Jesus. And when I drive, I felt like a president. Wait a minute. With motorcycles. Man, I, I even did the Queen's wave. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm royalty. I had a miracle happen to me today. I'm at Jerry's house. I walked in. I got to tell him. I can't help it. I walked in. And I told uh, uh, Carolyn last year, I said, Carolyn, this toilet you got, it's too small. And it's real low. Because, see, when you get older, the floor gets lower. I mean, you get down there, oh, geez, I got to push it. So when I got she said, did you notice what I did? I went, she said, I got you a new toilet. She said, I said, I got a royal butt. I'm royal and bless the Lord. I almost took a selfie on it a while ago. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. I called Kathy. I said, guess what? I was, I, my butt is royalty. She said, what? I said, Carolyn bought me a new toilet. I said, and you don't have to bend down so low. Before, boy, when you bent down, okay, how can they get me something I can pull myself up here? So that baby was low, boy. I mean, it was on the ground. <laughs> but not no more, son. I had a personal experience with that toilet. It even flushes better. Good, it's nice. You can preach on anything. Yes, I can. Why? Because it's the throne room. I'm sitting on the throne. Well, if the, if the gospel's personal, a personal experience, then it must be a personal conviction. Write this down. The gospel is God's chosen words for the world and must be spoken with truth and not error. You don't give people your opinion. You give them what Jesus said. Opinions are transitory forms of thought floating on the ocean of life. They change with every wave. I'm not interested in people's opinions. I'm interested in what did he say? What did he say? Let me say this again so you can write it down. The gospel must become your gospel when it becomes a personal conviction. The gospel is God's chosen words for the world and must be spoken with truth and not error. See, because, see, if God don't say much about something, you shouldn't say a lot. See, we, preachers got to have it. Well, you know, the Lord didn't say much, and they start saying a bunch of stuff before you know if you're out in the error. Just say what he said. Pretty simple. But I don't understand it. You will. You'll get a little more light on it. Just let the Lord work with you, help you on those things, you see. Because it must be spoken with truth and not error. I had a friend of mine, and I like him. We went to school together. We graduated from high school together. And he got born again, and he was a Baptist pastor, became a Baptist pastor. Well, him and Kathy would argue, Lord Jesus. We had got saved. And he said, Jesse, that tongues is of the devil. And, you know, I don't argue with people. Now, Kathy will get in your face. And I brought, oh, hell no. No, 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 no. You know, so I said, Skippy, let me ask you a question. Do you believe I'm saved? He said, yeah, I believe you're saved, Jesse. I said, then how can I be full of the devil if I'm speaking in tongues? There ain't no duplex in here. <laughs> and I said, if God wanted to live with the devil, why did he kick him out of heaven? Why did he want to live with, inside of you with the devil if he didn't want to live with him in heaven? So if he kicked him out of heaven, he, he, he ain't no duplex in you. He, 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 could, he couldn't answer that. 
well, why do you speak in tongues? I said, I don't know. He just said I could. There's a lot of things God does. I don't know why he does it, but I just do it. See, I remember when the priest said, don't read the Bible, you'll go crazy. Only the priest can interpret the Bible. So I never read the Bible until we got born again. See what I'm saying? And I said, I can read this Bible. So I started reading. I said, I, most people should start with the book of John, Jerry Ann. You know where I started? Page one. That's how you start a book. You p- page one, right? So I said, in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. There was that form and voice. I said, I can understand that. So I read Genesis. I said, man, that's nothing. I read Exodus. Now, when I got to Leviticus, I needed some help. <laughs> Boy, I got to Leviticus. I said, this is a mafia book here. This is blood of Israel. So they'll kill you in this book, Jack. <laughs> and, and I didn't know anything about tithing. But you see, because I didn't have, you know, I had just begun to have a personal experience or a personal conviction. And i never forget, the first Sunday I had after I got out of the music, I was a rocker young man. Well, I, said, I, mean, I had long, dark, chocolate brown hair. You, oh, yeah, I worked with Led Zeppelin, Grand Funk, and Alice Cooper and girls just a screaming. That's before this thing came in existence. So I used to have a body. <laughs> anyway, not no more. <laughs> you know? And, man, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I didn't. So, you know, I, I started reading this Bible, and I thought. And so we're sitting there, and the pastor said, it's time to receive the morning tithe and offering. I thought he said tires. Because I saw a church bus. So I leaned over to Kathy. God's my witness. I said, church needs some tires? She said, no, why would you say tithe? I said, it's time to receive some tires. She said, no, tithe. I said, tithe? What is that? She said, you give 10% of your income. I said, is that in the Bible? She said, yeah, I'll show it to you. She moves over to Malachi. I never heard of Malachi. I thought it was Malachi. I was raised on the Costa Nostra. I was raised with the mafia on the streets of North. You do what you got to do. You understand? I was just raised that way. Watch it. When he said, they said, will a man rob God? <laughs> when I, I saw that, I said, huh, you don't mess with me. That's Malachi. They kill you if you rob. Your face is going to be in the ditch, Jack. You're going down. You understand? Where's Fred? I don't know. And I said, you know, that's there. I said, well, let's just do that. And we have never blinked at it. But I didn't know it was there. See, the gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal conviction. See, convictions don't make you feel bad. Convictions opens your eyes to the truth. Condemnation makes you feel bad. See, I always say, you low down, dirty dog, you'll never amount to anything, blah, blah, this and that, that kind of stuff. But when you have a personal conviction, now the gospel is becoming your gospel. So the gospel is God's chosen words for the work and must be spoken with truth and not error. You feel everything you say. You never speak more loudly than you feel. See, you feel everything you say. When it becomes personal, man, you just get excited. People say, you're still excited about the gospel. Yeah. I'm not saved enough to be miserable. We just enjoy the gospel. We enjoy it. My God, we go on vacations. You know, we're preaching almost every day. And what do we wind up talking about, Jerry? The gospel. We just preach to each other. Just do it constantly all the time. Why? Because it's personal to us. You see, and we feel it. I mean, physically feel it. Because more when we read that, ooh, by his stripes, oh yeah. We were here. Man, we start looking for sick people. See somebody, you sick? Hey, man, let me help you here. All kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget one time, I, I, I used to have a gold wing in it. We would ride it on, there, on, on those big motorcycles. Remember that thing? And some, these Japanese people went, and I was looking, they wanted to look at it because they, they, they were proud of me that I had a gold wing. They wanted to look at it. And I said, now, so I said, yes, look at it. Oh, 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 oh. I said, thank you, thank you. Sit down on it. 
And they go, ooh, uh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I said, I said, what's the It feels like it evaporated. I said, that's the Holy Ghost. My butt's been on that seat. I said, exactly. She go, what did you say? I said, you ever heard of this? Come on, my shot. Come on. She go, oh. And you go, And some other Japanese, there was about eight or ten of them. They were looking at, remember, they were looking at my way up, way up there in the Rocky Mountain National Park. And they said, one of them said, uh, he is a, a charismatic. I said, so you go to, oh, I go to Pastor Cho's church in Tokyo or in, uh, in, in Japan. I said, you know what I'm talking about. He said, let me sit on your seat. <laughs> he go, ha, 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 Now, you can laugh at that all you want. But that's a personal conviction that everything I touch, pools of anointing touches it. See, convictions are not opinions of the gospel. It, are, it is our duty to exercise our minds in regard to Christ. Convictions are not opinions of the gospel. Or it's not an opinion of the gospel. It is our duty to exercise our minds in regard to Christ. I have been asked to preach in the biggest Jewish synagogues in Boston. And they are, these Jews love me for some reason. Another. The way they talk to me, they say, you're a bit interesting. I want you to know, you're a bit interesting. Now, we're not Christians, but we listen to you all the time. I said, well, thank you, especially the, the rabbis that are in New Orleans. They'll, I'll see them in the morning. interesting. So I, just, I was walking with two of them the other day, and they said, you know, you say such amazing things. I said, well, I love Jesus. I know that. I said, you know, Jesus is Jewish. Did you know that? And, and the two rabbis looking at me, I said, don't you like your own people? <laughs> He's still a Jew. He said, this is what I'm talking about. You say such interesting things. <laughs> Let's talk. Oh, they love to debate the word of God. Ooh, no. Now watch this. I go to Boston, and this big, he's a big rabbi. You can tell by the longer the beard is. There's a big rabbi, you know. The very, very reverend rabbi. And he says, Bluetooth, Bluetooth, I really enjoy you. We're going to let you preach in our church. Now, we know you're a Christian. And it's okay for you to say Jesus. Not too much. <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> but it's okay. He says, what are you going to preach on? I said, the God of Abraham. <laughs> you remind me of, you remind me of uh, Venuce, you know, down in, in the Godfather. I said, and then I just preached on the God of Abraham. And I, just, I began to tell people, you forgot that Jesus is a Jewish. I'm not trying to stop you from being a Jew. Jesus is still a Jew. You can see him going. Yeah, but he can't be the son of God. Why do they believe that? Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. See, God can't be in there but one. Well, I said, I'm one, yet I'm three. I'm a spirit housed in a soul and clothed in a body. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. They go, this is what I'm talking about. That is such an interesting statement. <laughs> You know, but you know, they want to think it out, see? They want to intellectualize it. When I tell them, tell them that the word of God is not soulish. See, that's wrong with the Christian church today. They look at it. Well, I know Jesus said that, but he couldn't have meant everything and anything. Yes, he can. The reason why you're not understanding that, because you're looking at it from the mind, the will, and the emotion. When the word of God is spirit, and you worship God in what? And in what? See, so I don't look at the word of God in the soulish realm. Because, you see, I can't raise enough money to run my ministry. It takes millions of money. Jesus, man. I mean, I'm talking money here. But that's God's business, that's not mine. But I, I read it from spirit, spirit to spirit. 
not souls. And I keep transforming their soul, the mind, the will, and the emotion. So when you understand that, then you understand that personal conviction, that convictions are not a are not an opinion of the gospel. It is our duty to exercise our minds in regard to Christ. So I exercise my mind in front of these great, these are theologians, you know, and, and they can't get over it because, see, they, they can't argue with spirit. They try to, it's, a, it's called intellectual activity, range and research, induction and reasoning. See, and they're trying to get that. I said, no, you got to know Christ. I said, you can't know Christ. I said, the natural man receiver, not the things of God. You're a good man, but you're a natural man. I said, I need to get you born again. What did you mean born again? I said, there was a guy that's related to you named Nicodemus. And in fact, they wrote a TV show called Nick at Night. You might have heard of him before. You know, they go, they laugh. Oh, they just think that's so funny. They just think that's so funny, you know. You just put humor in there, and then all of a sudden they start talking, and before you know it, you got them. But it won't happen unless you are saying this gospel is personal. That's why Paul could touch the people he touched. Because he had a personal experience, a personal conviction. And a personal responsibility. I like that man running. Glory to That's a designated runner. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, let's go with this last one. The gospel becomes your gospel when it becomes a personal responsibility. See, it's my responsibility to go to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I'm a little irritated about it because there's 7.5 billion people on the planet and 2.3 billion Christians. We are behind schedule. You see, I'm ever doing something somewhere. I'm not trying to be the biggest preacher in the world. I could care less about that. That's craziness. What I want to do is complete my destiny and reach my destination. And I'm, I ain't got to worry about the money in there because the money's going to come. I, I don't even concern me whatsoever at all. It just happens. Read this. Uh, write this down. It must be a matter of conscience to make it known to others. When you have a personal responsibility, it must be a matter of conscience to make it known to others. You see, the gospel is a partnership, not a dreamy dogma. It's a partnership. It's you and Christ. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and mankind. You can say it like this. The heart of God is the Father. Look at me. Heart of God is the Father. I'll read the uh, points in just a minute. The face of God is the Son, Jesus. The voice of God is the Holy Ghost. But the hands of God is the church. You see, we hooked up with him. Because you see, he didn't put his name on us. His name is on Gabriel. His name is on Michael, the archangel. But his name is not on you. His name is in you. See, you're the only species that God put his name in you. You want me to prove that? Exodus chapter 23, verses 19, 20, and 21. It's the first glimpse of the Trinity. God, they, they didn't know what to call this angel. They called him the Jehovah angel. He was that pillar of fire at night, the cloud by day, leading Israel. Notice, leading Israel. They called him the Jehovah angel. And God said, do not provoke that angel because he will not forgive your trespasses. I'm about ready to shout here. Why? Because my name is in him. See, that was Jesus before he was Savior. You don't provoke him. He was leading Israel. Now he's leading the church. And he had to lead the church from, quote, law to grace. But he didn't give you grace to erase holiness or to erase discipline in your life. He gave it so that you could be as he is, so are you in this world. See, he put his name in you. His name is in me. Christ in you the hope of glory. That's why Satan hates you. He hates you with a passion because he's, he, the name of God was on him before he fell. Never in him. None of the wheel within the wheel in Ezekiel, all the created species, they had their name on, God's name on him, but us, 
That's why you can come boldly to the throne of grace. That's why you can sit down in the presence of God. No angel can do that. You've got to stand at attention. No, but you, he made to sit. Why? Because his name is in you. Do you see that? Christ in you. That's why, Bill and Ginger, a quarter of a million people have been born again. Because you're not talking about a name. You are that name. Think about that for a minute. So it must be a matter of conscience to make it known to others. The gospel is a partnership, not a dreamy dogma. So when I go out to preach, I said, Lord, what will I have me to do? I'm yours to command. Command ye me concerning your word. What do you want me to do? Then there's, t- oh, and some of you ain't going to like that. There's sometimes the Lord says, command me. Now, I won't tell you something. You got to get a little closer. I said, oh, 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 wait, well, he says, command ye me concerning my word. What do you want me to do today, Jesse? Don't ask me. Command me. <sighs> because see, that old Pentecostalism comes up. All of, oh, Jesus. Whoa, this is God talking to you. Because see, his word is in you. He is, in the beginning was the word. The word was God. The word was with God. His name in you. Now say something and give me a job. The gospel must not be tampered with. You must submit to its authority and its influence. So I submit to the authority of the gospel and its influence because I have a personal responsibility to it. I have to tell people the truth. Even though sometimes I don't want to. They might get their feelings hurt, but it's better than going to hell. And I can understand they're going to get their feelings because they're not born again. So what I'm telling them, the natural man receive it not. But what I'm trying to do is do a covert operation on them, sneak around there and touch their spirit, then they're going to understand what I'm talking about. You follow what I'm saying? Now, you know, I, I buy a lot of artwork. And I mean, I've got some phenomenal artwork. I mean, I've always I've been collected for many, many years. Well, they got a lot of people in that business that's very sweet. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Sweet. Nice people. And it, it, always, it's going to come up. Now, Reverend, what do you think about homosexuals? I said the same thing about heterosexuals. He go, what? I said, I think the same thing about homosexuals as I do of heterosexuals. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. No, no, you're not understanding. I said, no, I'm understanding exactly what you said. Well, you have to understand that I was born that way. See, they bring it up. I don't. I said, no, you weren't. I said, no, you may not know when you became a homosexual. You may not know how you became a homosexual, but you weren't born that way. You were born in the express image of God. Yeah, but I don't believe that. I said, that may not whether you believe it or not, still the truth. Now, what are you going to do with your life? And he said, well, then you must hate me. I said, no, I don't hate you. I don't hate you at all. I said, you're a very nice person and very talented. I mean, you are talented. I said, but man, I'm the only one trying to tell you the truth. I just want you to go to heaven. You're probably a very nice person. That's not the issue. And then they'll start crying. I don't know why. I said, I know. I understand. Now, I could say, you know, this and that and all this kind of stuff, but I'm not there to hurt nobody. I have a personal responsibility to let my light so shine. You see? No matter what situation I get into. I don't particularly care about that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, in fact, when I did my Everyday Visionary book, I had signed with Simon & Schuster out of New York. So, you know, Big John, they wanted me to uh, 
do some book signings all over. So I said, okay, I'll do it. They said, would you go to Long Beach, California? Y- y'all doing, the, that's when we were doing the, uh, the West Coast Believers Convention back there. And would you go to on this radio station? What they did not tell me, Simon and Schuster, was that's one of the biggest homosexual communities in California is Long Beach. I didn't know that. It didn't make no difference to me. I so when I got on there, they were supposed to talk about the everyday visionary. I just come off a Pat Robinson show, and boy, they just they just sold out. Wham! I mean, just you know, so I thought well, this is going to be a good, you know, a good you know interview. So the man said, "Ladies and gentlemen, we have what is evangelist Jesse DePlanis here today. He is preaching at, at Kenneth Copeland Ministries uh, West Coast Believers Convention. One of the guest speakers. How you doing, Reverend DePlanis? I said, "I'm doing fine." So you hate homosexuals? <laughs> and I said, "I'm caught here." I said, no, I don't. I don't hate anybody. I do hate the devil. So you think I'm a devil? I said, no, you said that. I didn't say that. I said, are you a devil? No, I'm not. I said, now we both agree you're not a devil. (laughs) So do you think all homosexuals are going to hell? I said, what do you think? He said, I don't believe in hell. I said, that don't change it. I said, sir, I can't judge your life, but I can tell you one thing. The gospel can. The word of God can. And then I realized, and I said, you know, I'm just trying to be truthful with you. I don't hate you. I think you're a nice man. I said, you're very talented. You wouldn't have this job. And he had a really, a, a really big following on the radio. I said, you have to be talented. They ain't going to let you do this because you make money for these radio stations and things. He said, yeah. I said, you know, I said, but you, and then the Holy Ghost began to move on me. I said, you're troubled. What do you mean I'm troubled? And then the Holy Ghost began to move. Where did I begin to come? And he started going, he said, you know, I, I, I changed I said, oh, Lord. I can, people start calling in. Why are you crying to this preacher? Now, why are you crying to this? And I told the person, I said, he's not crying to the preacher. I said, the Lord's touching him. Woo. I said, I'm the only one that's being honest with you, sir. I don't doubt you're a nice man. I don't doubt that you're probably a nice individual. I don't know. Hey, but I'm not against you. I just want you to go to heaven. And he didn't know what to do. So when we finished the interview, he said, would you pray for him? I said, Yes. He said, I- I'm kind of confused on some things. I said, I know that. I said, but this day was preordained before you was born and I was born. Amen. Do you see that? Amen. See, God is setting people up. That's what Chariots of Light is doing. God is setting people up for you to bring a personal gospel to them. See, the gospel must not be tampered with. You must submit to its authority and influence. And finally, you carefully guard what you prize highly. This gospel should be carefully guarded because you prize it highly. We must not be voices, or we must be voices and not simply echoes. See, when are you going to turn your cares into prayers? See, we're voices, not echoes. I tried that, tried that, tried that, tried that. No, you're a voice, not an echo you, the originality starts with you. So when I, I, I see people, I said, let me get personal with this gospel. Let me just help you today. Who do you think you are? I said, it's going to take a long time to tell you who I am. I said, well, would you like to know? Yes, I would like to know. I said, okay, here we go. And the first thing I said, I have to start with a question. Who are you? Uh, I said, you don't even know who you are. I said, you're existing, but you're not living. I said, let me explain something to you. And I just begin to let the light shine. And it's just amazing. 
And I won't let people stop me or try to get me to say what they say. I only say what God says, especially, especially doctors. Doctors are always trying to get you to say something you should not say. Uh, we need to do some medical history on you. Oh, yes, sir. Do you have any heart trouble in your family? Knob. Excuse me? Knob. 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 Maybe you didn't understand me. Do you have any diabetes in your family? Knob. 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 What does that mean? None of your business. You think I'm going to call heart trouble to me? He said, he said, well, I'm trying to, I said, I said, no, now you're trying to tell, you're trying to get me to tell you what's wrong with me. You're the doctor. You tell me what's wrong with me. You don't need no information. Did you go to school? Tell me. I said, I ain't saying that. Now I understand the medical way of doing things. Listen, I understand all that, but that's not the issue. That's a, that is a trap. I said, I'm not genetically linked up with my family. I'm genetically linked up with the Lord Jesus Christ. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. <laughs> so just the other day, I had my prostate examined again. It's once a year. Oh, Lord, I sing Moon River once a year. Moon River. Dr. Broger, boy, is he a nice guy. He said, well, Reverend, are you ready? I said, do your thing. And then he just gets excited about this. This is not exciting to me at all. He said, you have a prostate like a 35-year-old man. Okay, get your hand out of here. For God's sake. I said, do you like this? He goes, no. He said, I didn't want to be a urologist. He said, I hate this, but I'm very good at it. I wanted to be another kind of medical doctor. I said, well, when I first met you, I was nervous. Remember what I told you? He said, I'll never forget it. He said, I went home and laughed for three weeks of it. When I walked into his office, I said, you're Dr. Broga? He said, yes, I am. I said, show me your hands. He said, what? I said, show me your hands. Show me your hands. Show me your hand. I said, oh, Jesus, he got big hands. Oh, God. Oh, man. And he busted out laughing. He just busted out laughing. I said, I'm going to tell you what the gospel said. What you do, do quickly. Just do quickly. Quickly. Well, after we did all and I'm about ready to leave. He said, sit down, brother. Let's talk. Let's talk. Boy, nothing seems to bother you. I said, no, I'm not. Boy, they were eating your lunch about a year. I said, yeah, they were. I said, doesn't make any difference. Doesn't change a thing, does it? No. He said, man, you're so happy. And you know, and everybody that's they're going to say something. And one of my nurses said, y'all don't know that man. That man's a good man. He said, they got more people standing up for you than to say anything bad about you. I said, well, they're mad at me because of prosperity. They, it's okay for, you know, uh, Michael Jordan to have a beautiful home or, uh, you know, or whatever, if, whatever you like, but I, a preacher can't have it. Why can't they? Where'd you get that at? That came from the church. That didn't come from the world. Now, the church wants it, but they don't want you to have it. He said, man, you got a fine house. I said, thank you. I appreciate that. He said, man, I wouldn't mind going looking. I said, you know, I hardly ever let anybody come in my house. I know them. I said, Dr. Broker, you can come. 
You're like, really? I said, I'd love for you to come. He said, you know, I live in the same suburb. I said, I know. He said, you know, you're, you're a nice man. I said, yes, I am. He said, I am so glad you're healthy. I said, that's Jesus doing that. He said, you know, I'm Methodist. I said, so is he. He said, Jesus is the Methodist? I said, do Methodists believe in Jesus? Yeah. I said, he's a Methodist. <laughs> do Baptists believe in Jesus? Yeah, well, he's a, he's a Baptist. Do Catholics believe in Jesus? Yeah, well, he's a Catholic. Do Pentecostals believe in Jesus? Yeah, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. He said, you get away from all this doctrinal stuff, dreamy dogmas. If you don't believe like we believe, you're not going to make it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. Give God a chance here. I'm saying this to chariots of life. So, Bill, I'm pretty sure you and Ginger probably got a goal in your mind that what you want to attain in this ministry, you know, before Jesus comes back. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me at least that you got a figure. You'd like to get a million people saved or whatever. Too. What, why not? It'll never happen unless it becomes personal, a personal experience, a personal conviction, and a personal responsibility. So I'm about the Father's business in every manner, in every way. When I'm on, and I'm very certain I'm going to take a vacation, I don't, you know, and uh, uh, I need to, I guess, but I just don't. Big John, I'm just traveling all the time. And you know where I was wrong? Totally wrong. I always thought that this ministry would slow down because of my age. Because I thought, well, you know, they're going to want younger people, which is okay with me. I mean, I can go to Hawaii and suffer for Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because I'm Jerry Savelle in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm totally hidden. I'm just Jerry Savelle, praise God. But I'm about the Father's business. Yeah. Well, it hadn't happened. I just thought for sure it'd slow down. I got over 9,000 invitations I can't get to. I'm 70 years old. What are you doing? And yet kids, the other day, there was a fight in the, ch in, in, in the children's church because they wanted to come here, Brother Jesse. Was screaming. So the pastor said, do you mind if the kids come? I said, no, bring them. So they all came in there just. <laughs> it was wonderful. And I preached to that us and I preached to them too, you know. I thought, my God, what are they seeing? So I went home about that. I was so charged up that them kids liked me that much. I said, Lord, what did they see? He said, me. <laughs> me. He said, you've become very personal with me. And that's what they see. And then one more story. Went to Cheesecake Factory the other day. <laughs> so I go in all these uh, waiters. They all know me because I tip them big, you know. I like to bless them because, you know, they work hard. You know what I'm saying? So I just like to bless them. Well, I'm sitting down there and all these Muslims come in. They must have been six or seven women all. And their children, see. And, and they had this big booth. And they, they were right across from me. You know, so I just said. So I'm looking like this, and I looked over, and there was this little boy. He had to be maybe two years old. Looked at that, and I went. He goes. <laughs> and the mother, the grandmother, she just looked. And I just smiled, and I went, hello. She went. And I said, well, I'm going to deal with the kid instead of deal with the grandma. <laughs> the kid's still looking at me, and I went. He goes. And I had some French fries. I went. <laughs> Grandma just looking at me. I, but I just, I knew she was looking at me, but I ain't playing games with her. 
All of a sudden, the mother turns around. And uh, she said, he likes French fries. I said, ma'am, if you don't mind, may I give him one? Y'all just sat down. Y'all going to be a while. And the little boy went. <laughs> she said, would you mind? I said, no. So I just got up and I walked to her, gave him a friend. Oh, he ate the thing. And all of a sudden, he's, sta- he's standing up in a chair. And he goes like this. The mother goes, he's never done that before. I said, it's my white hair. He thinks I'm God. <laughs> I started with just a joke, you know. The grandmother like this. I picked the boy up. He just looked at me. And then he put his head on my shoulder. She said, he's never done that. I said, ma'am, I'm a minister of the gospel. He's sensing God Almighty in me. And the child just looking like that. And she said, normally he's very, very loud. But he's just looking at me. So I'm feeding him french fries. I said, I'm a grandfather. I said, I know how to handle this. I said, when I was a parent, I was an idiot. She just looked at me. I said, are you a parent, right? I said, you're an idiot. I told her that. I said, are you worried about the kid too? I shut up. Shut up. You are louder than the kid. Shut up. Shut up. You know, because you're worried about the child may disturb someone else. You know what I'm saying? But a grandparent, they don't hear, they don't care about that. And I'm just still feeding him, boy, and I'm just enjoying him like that. And I said, I don't hear. And after he finished, he looked at me, and he, it was time for him to go to his mama. So he, he'd come off my, my lap like and he went to his mother. And he just, so when I left, I went, and he went. And finally, the grandmother went. And I went. And the lady, the, 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 uh, the mother said, I can't thank you enough for taking time out for my son. I said, can I ask one question? Y'all Muslim, right? Yes. I said, it is 98 degrees outside. And 100% humidity. She said, yeah. I said, are y'all hot? You covered all up with this. Yeah, you're sweating like a mule. She says, oh, it's very cool. The daughter was about 14. She went. I've always wanted to ask the question. I wasn't trying to be, you know, oh, excuse me, um, you know, I just want to, my God, you got to be hot. Man, I mean, this is New Orleans. It, you can drown breathing, you understand? It's 100% humidity. The little girl goes. I said, y'all have a wonderful day. And as I walked by, their waitress said, that's a good man. And the waitress said, he comes in there quite often. And all of us wait to see him. He tips us good, but there's just something unique about it. So the, uh, the uh, manager comes see me. How you doing, Reverend? He said, I want to tell you something. My employees love you. I said, this is the Jesus in me. He said, most people are kind of religious, are kind of hard-nosed. I said, I'm not. I said, I just believe the word of God. I, I just enjoy being saved. So are you going to make it your gospel? When, all you chairs of light when you're out there and you're in your different areas and different states and different things, different countries like Doug is in Canada. Are you going to make that gospel so personal? You talk to them about the Indian law because it's a beautiful motorcycle, Lord Jesus. Yeah. And say, boy, but you ought to, let, me, let me show you what God, God has done this for me. But the reason why, because we are personal friends. That's what I'm talking about. Stand to your feet right now, please. Did you enjoy it today? Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I tried to stay in a teaching mode as much as I possibly could to make it your gospel. Just thank the Lord for a minute. Lift your hands up and bless the Lord. Can I have a couple of ushers help me a little bit if you don't mind? Uh, uh, as one, one. Thank you, sir. Come on, people, just pray. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Or pray in English, whichever one you want. That's, that's all right. 
Just thank the Lord, just thank the Lord. Just let Jesus be the Lord. Can I pray for you, sweetheart? Just step out here. Oh, just lift your little hands up. He said, tell her to get ready. This is your year. This is your year. And we're already halfway through it. Over half. But I'm going to speed up things that you never thought I would speed up. I got some things I want you to do. And the only way you're going to do it is I'm going to get involved in you greatly. So you get ready because things are going to start changing. And they're going to change for the better. They're going to change and you're going to like it. And you're going to know what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it. Jesus, touch her, Lord. Jesus, touch her, Father. Help her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Just put it down, boys. Just put it down. That's fine. Just put it there. Come on, people. Keep praying with me. Step out here just, brother. Just a little bit. He should tell him to pray more because it blesses me. He tell him when he prays in the Holy Ghost, it really blesses me. Because my, my spirit starts speaking through him. And it starts creating future for people. And I want to do some things through you. And I want to do some things for you. Some people think you're a little different and a little hard. But that's all right. It has nothing to do with what they think. But it has everything to do with what I think. Jesus, touch him, Father. Come on, people. Lift your hands up and bless the Lord. Just lift your hands up and bless the Lord. Come on, people. Keep praying with me. Step out here, sweetheart. Just lift your little hands up and bless the Lord. The past never sees the future. The past never sees the future. Forget about the past. It no longer belongs to you. It makes no difference what's been done yesterday. We start a new day today. We start it. While my servant was ministering, I put some angels on assignment for you. They have your destiny and your destination in their hands. Jesus, and you're going to like what they do. They're going to open doors you never thought you would walk through. Jesus, touch her, Lord. Jesus, bless her, Father. Jesus, help her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. God, I thank you for it. I believe you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. People, lift your hands up. Bless the Lord. Come on. Just lift your hands up. Bless the Lord. Right here. If you want to lift your hands up, just thank the Lord. Ask me. Go ahead. Ask me. All you got to do is ask me. You're going to ask, right? Why? Because I'm going to tell you what to say. Jesus, touch her. Jesus, bless her. People, lift your hands up and bless the Lord. Come on. I want to say this. I don't want to hinder anybody. I say this publicly. If I've committed any sin or iniquity or trespass, give me, forgive me, Lord. I receive it now because I want people to be touched. I don't want to be a hindrance to nobody. Come on, John, let me pray for you. And your wife, too, if you don't mind. Come on, sweetheart. Yeah. Grab her by the hand there and just lift, lift her hand up this way, if you don't mind. Just hand this way. Oh, Jesus. Woo! Lord! Lord Jesus! People, come on, keep praying. God, let's put strength in John and his wife. Oh, oh, they're not finished yet. There's still much more for them to do. Still much more for them to do. Come on, people, keep praying with me. Come here, sir. Lift your hands up and just thank the Lord. Some people think he's just as rough as a corn cob. But that's all right. He said, tell him I like him a lot. 
He said, tell him he brings me joy. And I enjoy that. But a change is coming, saith the Lord. A change you've never recognized and you will. And others are going to recognize it. So get ready, my son. You're going to do some things for me you never thought you would do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. People, lift your hands up and bless them. They stay behind him, boys. Knowing that God is here. Lift your hands up and bless the Lord. I hear people saying, the Lord said, people are asking me. He said, tell them to ask. Ask. Come on. I don't care if it's spiritual, physical, financial, all three. Just ask. Ask him. You got his undivided attention. Ask him. Come on, Bill Ginger. What do you want for charity like? Come, come on, I want to pray for What do you want? Not need. What do you want? Put your hand up. God said, I'm in the wanting mood, Jesse. I'm going to start giving wants. Wants, wants. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for leadership. Thank you, God Almighty. Thank you, Jesus, for leadership. What to do, when to do it, where to do it, how to do it. From the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for it. Come on, people, keep praying with me. Come on, 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 there's things that must be done and it must be done quickly Woo. Lord let my God the head of Jericho you got favor all over let favor come on Doug and his wonderful wife and let people see that church and the money in debt free come completely in fruition Lord I set myself in agreement the reason why it's taking time because you are a threat to him Satan hates you but you will and you already have one saith the Lord Exactly where you are. That's why I sent him all the way on the side. Sometimes you wonder, do you know where I'm at? I know where you are, and I'm gonna take care of you like you've never been taken care of in your life. You get ready for my blessing. For my blessing. Somebody shout somebody. Come on, give the Lord a great God blessing. I can hear it, I can hear it in my spirit. Send him over here. Send him over here. He said, tell him I'm over there. I'm over there. I'm over there. He's everywhere. I, I took a little nap this afternoon. And I needed it. And right before I about to fall asleep, the Lord said, I'm right here. I'm right here. Oh yeah. Come on. He said, How you doing? He said, I'm doing good. He said, I want to let you know, I'm right here. There's been times he just waked me up. I said, What? He said, What? He said, I, I was just watching you sleep. I said, you're watching me sleep. He said, you want to know where I learned it from? I said, yes. He said, you. I said, me? He said, how many times when Jody was little? You'd come home, you didn't even know me then. It'd be 2.30, 3 o'clock. 
And you'd walk into that baby room and I'd just look at her. And I would listen to her breathe. She's going to be 48 in, in, in a couple of months. <laughs> and I'd watch her sleep. And the Lord has come to me and said, I watch you sleep. I listen to you breathe. The other night, I got in late and Kathy was sleeping. And I, and I listened to her breathe. And I watched her sleep. He said, it's fun, isn't it? I said, yeah. He said, they don't even know that your presence is around them. I said, this is something, Jesus. He said, would you like to talk a little more? I said, yeah. He said, in the study. I said, yes, sir. Here we go. Boom. And I just went in my study. And I mean, I just had conversation. Sometimes Kathy said, who are you talking to? I said, Jesus, excuse me. <laughs> he, he wants to talk. He wants to talk. Will you talk to him? Not just pray to him. Lonnie, you got a strong building. Set Bill down here, Lord. That's the best drunk he's ever had. Glory to God. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Jerry, let me pray for you. I, I, come, Jerry. Jerry, yeah. Much more to do, my friend. Much more to do. That song, but faithful, you have been found faithful. We call you one of the faithful ones because you have been faithful. You have been generous. You love people that didn't love you. You bless people that didn't bless you. People at times have not honored you the way they should have. Actually, they dishonored. You've never been small in my eyes, even when you was a small child, because you have such a big spirit. My angels talk about you all the time. Oh, Lord. You see, we have great conversations about what's going to happen. In the next few months, you have much to do, and yet little time to do it in. Because you see, my sir, my son, I'm coming sooner than most people think. Father, bless my friend. Thank you. Bless my friend. People, lift your hands up for us. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. You know, I'll say one more thing. I just can't help it. I mean, God is so gracious. The other day, well, years ago, Chancellor Roberts, always called old Roberts Chancellor Roberts. And the Lord told me to tell you this. I believe this is for every minister. I want you to listen to this. And I believe, Chancellor Roberts, I did. He'd say, Jesse, you're not a success without a successor. You know, there's a Moses, there's a Joshua. I said, yes, Lord, yes. Well, about two and a half, three years old. In fact, I went talking to Brother Copeland about it myself. I was in there. I said, Lord, where's my successor? I have done your work. I mean, I'm not trying to quit. I'm just saying, where's my successor? It's a very fruitful ministry. I don't mean that privately. Where's my successor? And I thought he would say, well, here, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was earnestly asking. And gently he said this, there's a whole generation won't need one. Amen. I went, what? He said, there's a whole generation won't see death. I never thought of that like that. 
I said, would you say that again? He said, there's a whole generation won't need one. There's a whole generation that won't see death. Now, he's not telling me I'm that generation, but why did he answer that question like that? Jerry, you may be the last leader of chariots of light. Jesus coming in our lifetime. Steve, Steve Munz, you may be the last leader of your ministry. I don't believe that anymore. You're not a success without a success. Because he said there's a whole generation won't need. Why, why would he answer it like that? Now, he's not telling me we that generation, Kathy. He didn't say that. But why would he answer it like that? So I went and see Brother Kenneth. I said, hey, Brother Kenneth. Remember when old Robert? Yeah, Jesse, I believe that. I said, Kenneth. And I told him, I said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said there's a whole generation won't need. Well, you know how Kenneth goes. I said, there's a whole generation won't see that. And he said, I got that. He said, I used to believe in the name to pray. That was going to be my success, but nope. Nope. He suggested just maybe. I said, but he didn't say we're that generation. But I said, you know, Brother Colton, you a prophet of God. If you get some insight on this, help me here. Why would he answer it like that? You may be the last person that running this thing. Up in the sky. Here comes Jesus Christ. Think about that. Let that get inside of you and pray that out. So I so I quit looking for my successor. I have, and if that person comes, great. I mean, hey, you don't have a problem with that whatsoever at all. But there's a whole generation that may not. He said, won't need one. He didn't say may not. Won't need one. And a whole generation that won't see death. How many of y'all believe it's us? I'm going to put both my hands up here. I, I want Jesus to come. I say this, and then I'll turn the service over. I preach in thousands of churches. I look forward to coming to this place. Not only being with Jerry, my great friend, and Carolyn, they're wonderful. And, you know, we get together. We have fun. You'd be surprised about fun we can have together. But there's just something so unique about Chariots of Light. Because it's a personal gospel. It really is. Remember this little message I spoke. It's not what I call deep but when Paul said my, my gospel so you got that chair like sticker on you that's your gospel so it's, it's more than just a motorcycle which they're wonderful don't misunderstand me but boy when people see why you do what you do we can get the hell's angels saved you can get the banditos saved I'm getting the mafia saved you think I'm kidding you? I already got two grandsons born again and one son. That was born again. <laughs> I said, Lord, why? Let your light shine. The other day I was over there. He said, I die with you. I die with you. You understand? You understand my life. I die with you. Somebody messaged you. I said, sir. I said, I've already died. He went, I said, I've been reborn. He said, that's heavy. I said, yeah, and I'm believing for you to be reborn. And a tear came out this guy. You don't know who this guy is. You got to understand. Oh, no, no. I said, I'm cracking. It's cracking, Lord. He said, you know, we need to get together more, Reverend. I said, yes, we do. He says, Talk about the God stuff. 
I said, that's good. We'll talk about the God stuff. If I get this guy, y'all going to hear about it in Crowley, Texas. This is one of the biggest mafiosi people in America. I'm believing God to get this guy. Oh, Jesus. Because they don't cry. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You know, I thought I was finished with all that, Big John, before I was saved. I, I lived that kind of lifestyle. I said, well, what am I doing, Lord? He said, making it a personal gospel. Now I'm praying for their babies. They go christen them, then they ask me to come and pray over them. And if they get sick and they go in the hospital, guess who they call? They call me. They don't call the priest. And they gather to the core. But they call me. Reverend, thank you for coming. It touched my heart. I said, I come to touch your granddaughter. She'll be all right. You think so, Reverend? You know, our, our family means so. I said, have I ever lied to you? No. I said, I'm not lying now. I said, give me three minutes. I need y'all on the outside. Let me go in there. Well, I could hear my boy saying, you should better get here because they're going to kill you. If you're she said, shut up, devil. You know, shut up, man. <laughs> boy, and that baby start talking and smiling. God, and you, you got to understand, people that don't really know God will believe a lot more than people that do. They don't know how to doubt. They just go, well, you know, you're the rev. You got juice. You know what that means? You got the juice, you know what I'm saying? And boy, they said, man, I'll tell you something, man. The bread got the juice, man. So help me. When, when you're in your prayers, pray, pray for Brother Jesse. I want this guy touched. And I saw the first crack. It's been years and years. Nothing. Steve, nothing. A tear. I said, Lord, Lord, Lord. So be praying for us. Well, you know what? Because all those years, I just showed them a personal gospel. Thank you for letting me speak to you today. Give Jesus a hand clap as uh, Jerry comes. Come on, give him a good hand clap. Oh! Go ahead and be seated, if you will, please. You enjoyed it tonight? There's only one Jesse. Hallelujah. I'm not saying hallelujah, there's only one Jesse. I'm just meaning. (laughs) Glory to God. Let's, uh, before we close tonight, give you an opportunity to sow seed in the chariots of light. I want to read to you from 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I'm sorry, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 29. Give unto the Lord the glory or the honor due unto his name. Bring an offering. Notice how it connects giving honor unto God and doing so by bringing an offering. Because, you know, in Proverbs it says, Honor the Lord with your substance. So here it says, Give unto the Lord the glory or the honor that it's due unto his name, bring an offering and come before him, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The message translation says, lift high an offering. Lift high an offering. 
I want us to do that tonight. I want to make this a thanksgiving offering. An offering of thanks for everything God has done in your life. An offering of thanks for everything God is doing in the Chariots of Light ministry. A quarter of a million people have come to Christ through this outreach. And I think God deserves honor in causing his blessing to be upon the members that are willing to share their faith, walking up to total strangers and being willing to share the goodness of the Lord, his goodness in their lives. You know, sometimes in these outreaches, these secular outreaches, there's some real heathen. (laughs) I mean, there's some bad people. But it's amazing how that when they see Jesus and see the love of God in these guys, how it just melts them. I remember taking uh, my daughter Terry with me in the TV crew. She was part of the TV crew back then. To uh, Daytona, Bike Week. This particular time, there was a quarter of a million bikers there. And we had just got there and were walking through the crowds down on Main Street. And there's thousands of people. I mean, they're just shoulder to shoulder, just, you know, making your way through the crowd. And there was one guy that stood head and shoulders above everybody in the crowd. We could see him coming from way down there. And Terry, and he had on like a tank top, you know, and we couldn't tell what was on it, but he had a tank top on. And and Terry grabbed my arm. She said, Daddy, (laughs) like I could defend her, you know. And Daddy, she said, look at that guy. Boy, he looks mean, doesn't he? And when he got up closer, he just kind of looked down at us, you know, and Terry was hugging me real close. And uh, on the front of his shirt, it says, doesn't play well with others. (laughs) And on the back of it, as he walked past us, it said, I beat anorexia. I said, this is somebody we don't want to mess with, okay? And, uh, but he saw the chariots of light vest, and he couldn't take his eyes off of us, you know? And he just kept turning back and looking. And uh, I saw later someone praying with him down the road. Amen. I remember I went to uh, Galveston uh, to, uh, what do they call it now? Lone Star Rally. And I was asked to come uh, from, I believe it was the either the Speed Channel or uh, one of them that that uh, promotes, you know, cars and and uh, restorations and motorcycle things. The 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 uh, Orange County Choppers was on and all that, you know. And they were going to do a, a special one-hour broadcast uh, about bikers in America. And they called our office and said, uh, we don't believe we can do this justice if we don't include the Christian bikers. Would you come and represent the Christian bikers? So we went down there, and man, it was a crowd. I think at that time there was about 150,000 people that was attending that rally. And it's a wild-looking bunch. And we're walking through the crowd and all, you know, and, and uh, uh, they wanted me to meet them at a certain spot place where they had the camera set up. So we got down there and they were just going to interview me for about five minutes and talk about, 
this phenomenon with Christian bikers. And so uh, I started off and they said, uh, well, how did you get into motorcycles? I said, well, I'm not. And they said, you're a preacher. How did you get into motorcycles? I said, well, I'm not a preacher who rides motorcycles. I was a motorcycle rider who became a preacher. (laughs) And that just, she just stunned her. And I said, and this is a tool. We use it. The bikes are just simply a tool. Just like, you know, a pastor, he needs a building to preach to his flock. And the building is a tool. I said, we use these bikes like a pastor uses a building. And uh, she just was captivated by it and said, uh, would you meet us at another place? Uh, we want to do another interview. Well, they kept asking me to come and do another interview, another interview, and another interview. And when the, when the uh, program came out, one of my staff timed how much time they gave me on that program. It was a one-hour program, and it came on either, I think it was the Speed Channel. And they timed it. Five minutes here, five minutes there, another five minutes over here. They gave me a total of 22 minutes on this program that was supposed to be about bikers in general. And they interviewed me, and and it totaled up to about 22 minutes. Now, I thought, boy, isn't this amazing. Jesus got represented in a way that we never thought he'd be represented, you know. But it's through chariots of light. It's through the motorcycle ministry. God's using it in a powerful way. I don't think a lot of people realize just how powerful it is. And I love what the, what the Lord said to Brother Copeland. He said, Jerry, this is a last day's ministry. God's using you in a last day's ministry. Amen. And so tonight, based on what we just read in First Chronicles, once again, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory and the honor due unto his name. Bring an offering. So in the mind of God, to give him honor, you can't separate that from bringing him an offering. Amen. You honor God by giving back to him. And as I said last night, Jerry Savelle Ministries underwrites all of these outreaches that we send the teams to. And, you know, sending a number of people, spending sometimes up to two weeks, hotels, uh, food, the fuel to get there, and all of that. It becomes quite costly. But praise God, we are honored and blessed to be able to do it. And we're going to keep doing it. In fact, I asked Bill this week, are there other outreaches we can get involved in? Are there other places we can go? Hallelujah. And, and other nations are opening up to us. Praise God. And so, obviously, in order to do this, it takes funds to do it. But tonight I want you to look at your seed as a way to honor God. Honor God and bring an offering. Amen. I don't ever come to church without an offering. I wouldn't think of coming to church. There's always something I bring to church. Me, my Bible, and seed. An offering. Amen. I never forget my offering. I never forget my Bible. Amen. It's just the way I am. I know at some point there's going to be an offering received. I know at some point I'll probably receive an offering. Give their people an opportunity to receive an offering. 
And most of the time, I make it out before I ever get here. Amen. Because I know it's one of the ways that I can honor God. The Bible says, remember the Lord, for it is He that giveth thee the power to get well. Amen. Another way of remembering Him is not just, oh yeah, uh, that was God that made this happen. Another way of remembering Him is bring an offering. Amen. So tonight, let's do that. What do you say? Everybody in agreement? Let's do it. Let's, let's give our best seed so that these guys don't even have to be concerned when they go out to these outreaches. They know that back home, it's all taken care of. It's all paid for, praise God. And they can focus on just ministering the gospel to lost people. Amen. Father, we give you praise tonight. We honor you. We thank you for being so good to us, causing your blessing to be upon our lives, causing your favor to be upon our lives. And we honor you tonight by bringing you an offering. And Lord, we, we do so with the purpose of using this ministry, Chariots of Light, to bring people into the knowledge of the truth that may otherwise would never hear it. But you've given us this opportunity. He's given us this tool. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And then, Lord, I'm asking you, whatever they give, cause maximum harvest to be their return so that they always be generous toward the work of the ministry. And we thank you for it in advance, and we give you praise for it in advance. Go ahead and thank the Lord right now for the opportunity to honor Him tonight and for the fact that He promises a return so they could always be generous. Amen? All right. The ushers have offering envelopes. If you're making out a check, make it out to Jerry Savelle Ministries or just JSMI. And uh, if you're giving cash, put it in an offering envelope. And this offering will go into the Chariots of Life Fund, okay? Praise the Lord. And then by this time next year, we'll have some even greater reports of a number of people. We got one more outreach uh, this year. We got one more tour this year. If any of you are interested in going on tour with us, it's in October up in Virginia. It's a beautiful ride, praise God, and looking forward to it. And uh, also, if you're here tonight and you're not a member of Chariots of Light and you'd like to be, we'd love to have you be a part of the group. There's only three requirements. Number one, a passion for God. Number two, a passion for souls. Number three, a passion for motorcycles. And we keep in that order, praise God. Amen. All right. Ushers, go ahead and receive their offering. And uh, thanks for being here tonight. In the morning... Only one service. Normally we have two morning services here, but we're combining them. Only one service at 10 a.m. So get here early. Praise God, because the rest of the church folks will be joining us. And uh, we're going to have a good time tag team preaching with Jerry and Jesse. Hallelujah. All right. Have a good night. Thank you for coming. We love you. And we'll see you in the morning.
I'm not me.